0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, today's topic is Sefer Shoftim, which is a book of Judges, which is a very fascinating book, and it starts straight after the book of Joshua. Yeshua goes straight into Shoftim, so it's a continuation of uh, the book of of, uh, Yeshua continues in shoftim. So Yeshua was the first judge, and now we come to 13 more judges. Now, when I say judges, it's not the judge in the classic sense. A judge who judges cases between people. So here it's much more than that. A shofet was like a prime minister who was not elected, he was elected by God, or a president who had multi-roles, he had many roles, which is uh, judging the people, and leading the people in uh, policy and also in war. He was also a general. Maybe one of the main facets of the judge would be to be a general. And that includes even the female judge, Devorah, which we're going to talk about as well, Bezrat Hashem. And she was not just uh, a judge, but she was also the leader of the people. So a judge in those days was the leader of the Jewish, of the Jewish people. Sometimes it was a localized position. In most cases it was localized. In other words, most uh, of these tribes never united. The 12 tribes never united until there was a common king, basically under King Saul. We're going to see some exceptions to the rule, but generally speaking, it was each tribe for itself, every every tribe for itself. So when a tribe was attacked by enemies, they had to deal with it. Sometimes certain tribes united in the localized position. Uh, Normally... Uh, the tribes were left to their own devices, unfortunately. And that's what the book of Judges always uh, emphasizes. It was a time when each person would do what was right in their eyes. So we're going to talk a bit about that as well. So that's a, a time where there's no common leader for all the tribes to unite under. And therefore, mostly it was each tribe for itself. So there's a period of Judges. The book of Judges is a very old name for the book. It's mentioned already in the Talmud. The Talmud says, "Calls it the Book of Judges, Shoftim," and um, in it, it's, it's part of Tanakh. It's part of the twenty-four books of the Jewish Bible, the Tanakh, and it comes from the fact that they were the leaders of the people. Shofet, a shofet is a judge, but it's not really a judge. It's more a leader. It's a leader of the Jewish people, and so it's a very wide uh, range of meanings. The word "judge" has a wide range of meanings. Uh, General, policymaker, prime minister, president, whatever you have it, depends on which country, it's a leader chosen by God and not by man, usually not by man. We do have, I think there's one exception to the rule Um, we're uh, we're going to talk about, that there was one Yiftach HaGeladi who was chosen because of his strength and his prowess to lead the Jewish people uh, again. It wasn't the Jewish people as the 12 tribes. It was usually by a local tribe. We're going to, we're going to discuss all these cases. So uh, shofet is not just a judge. I just want to emphasize that. So uh, what happens is normally in the book of Judges is there's a, there's a few different. It's just like a cycle. The Jews uh, fall uh, into the trap of idolatry. And uh, because what, why? Because, and this is one of the most important parts of points, which the book of uh, Judges uh, discusses because they never conquered the land entirely from the Canaanites. There were pockets, large pockets of Canaanites left. And that caused trouble in terms of both the moral and spiritual decline of the Jewish people because of the peer pressure and uh, the idea that they were influenced by their surroundings. That's number one. Number two is that these guys also got strong and they attacked the Jewish people in the pockets in different areas. So that's when they started crying out to God. So the the sequence follows like this. They sin idolatry usually. They were attacked by enemies. They cry out to God and God sends a savior. He sends someone, usually a a great person, it was called a judge, he's called a judge, or she's called a judge, to lead the Jewish people out of their dire straits. So let me just start the Book of Judges. The Book of Judges discusses, as we said, 13 different judges. 13 different judges, I just want to list them very quickly. Uh, number one, and we're going to go into details later on, number one is Otniel Ben-Kanaz, we talked a little about last week, we said he was the half-brother of Kalev ben Yefune. So, Kaleb ben Yefuneh was the half-brother of Niel ben Kanaz. They have the same mother. So, Kaleb ben Yifune, Yifune passed away, and uh, his mother married Kanaz. And Othniel was his half-brother. So, the half-brother of Kaleb, Othniel ben Kanaz, number one. Number two, Ehud ben Gera, which we're going to talk about. He was a famous lefty in the in Tanakh, famous lefty. We're going to talk about why that has a bearing on his story. Number three is Shamgar ben Anat. Probably the the smallest story, one of the smaller stories in Shoftim is the story of Shamgar ben Anat. Number four is Devorah Aneviyah. She's also called Devorah a and she's also called a Shofet, Shofetet. She was a female Shofet, and also a prophetess. Devorah was a female Shofet, Shofetet, and a prophetess. And she's mentioned together with her general, Barak Ben-Avinoam. And some people say he was a husband. We're going to talk a bit about him. We're we'll to talk about Deborah. And uh, number five is Gidon, famous prophet Gidon, famous judge. Number six is his son, Abimelech, who is totally rotten, rotten to the core. Number seven is Tola Ben-Pua. Again, very little known about him. And number eight is Yair Hagiladi. And number nine is Yiftach Giradi. Number 10 is Ivtsan, the Beit Lechem, who is identified as Boaz. Boaz was a judge. And his other name was Ivtsan. He's known to look at judges as Ivtsan. And it's Beit Lechem, as we all know the story of Ruth. And she goes to Beit Lechem, Yehuda, and she meets Boaz, and she marries Boaz. And that was Ivtsan, the Shofet. And number 11 is Ailon Hazvuleni. Number 12 of Don Ben Hillel. Uh, number uh, 13 is the last judge in the book of Judges is Shimshon, who is actually one of the more famous judges, Samson, Shimshon. And so it's interesting, 13 judges in the book of Judges. And Joshua really was a judge as well, so it's 14 judges. And, that, and then there's another book called Shemuel, which is the book of Samuel, who was the last judge the Jewish people. So altogether, we have 15 judges. If you count Joshua, then you count these 13, and you count Shmuel, Samuel, you get 15 judges. So the period, before the period of kings of Israel started with Joshua, it's around a period of 400 odd years. 400 odd years from the time of Joshua coming into Israel to the time of the first king, King Saul, who was appointed by Samuel. Shmuel was the last judge so, Book of Judges, Book of Joshua, Book of uh, Samuel, all together 15 Judges. We're going to discuss the book of Judges, which contains 13 judges. Basically, there are three parts to this book, three parts to this book. The first part, which ends from the first chapter to the second chapter, Pasuk He, which is verse 5, discusses, continues to discuss the inheritance of the land of Israel by the different tribes. And we said that was one of the causes of the troubles was they never completed this mission. And Joshua never completed the mission. Joshua told the people before he dies, please complete your mission to conquer the land of Canaan. And unfortunately, it led this uh, the lack of completion of this mission led to many difficulties which are mirrored in this book of, Jud- of Judges. So they never took over all the land of Israel. They left pockets of Canaanites. And that influenced them. And that caused them troubles, wars, and battles. Which we're going to see. We're going to talk about the book of Judges. And that really is. This is the first section of the book of Judges. is the incomplete conquering of Canaan. And then there's a rebuke in this second chapter of Angel of God. Who rebukes the Jewish people in Gilgal, which is where the temporary uh, Mishkan was set up until it moved to Shiloh. and The angel goes and rebukes them. Why didn't you conquer the land? Anyway, that's the first section of the book of Judges. second section ends in chapter 16. So from chapter 2 to chapter 16, it goes through the period of the Judges in chronological order. And... Uh, And it goes through the different uh, parts of the cycle. The Jews worship idolatry. Hashem gets angry and punishes them by sending nations to invade, attack, and conquer them. Uh, Number part three is the Jews cry out to God. And number four is God sends a judge or, or a female judge to save the Jews from the enemy. So there's four different parts in the chronological sequence of the book of Judges. The third part of the book of Judges includes the verse uh, the chapters 17 to 21, which really just talk about two stories. Now, these two stories are sort of extraneous. They're not to do with Judges per se. They're to do with a moral decline of the Jewish people, terrible moral decline of Jewish people that the tribes in the land of Canaan, and particularly two tribes which are singled out. One, the first one is the tribe of Dan, and talks about how the tribe of Dan worshipped this, what's called Pesel Micha, the pestle of Micha, which we're going to talk about the statue of this Kohen or Levi who's called Micha, whose statue they took, and they grabbed, and they uh, robbed from a different uh, uh, people, and they took it, uh, and they worshipped it, and made it into their idol worshiping, idolatry. So that's the story of Pesel Micha. Which is uh, idolatry is hated by God. Hashem hates idolatry. Uh, the second commandment of uh, the Ten Commandments, <speaking in Hebrew> you should not have any other gods in front of me, any other gods which are false gods. Yeah, and Hashem says, I am a god of jealousy, a jealous god. What does that mean? A jealous god, obviously, this is Hashem is not jealous, Hashem is not a person, Hashem is not a married person to be jealous of his wife. But Hashem, it's written, the Torah is written in a language that we can understand, especially, imagine thousands of years ago, people could understand the Torah on a very simple level that God is angry and God is jealous. How dare you worship other gods? It's like taking another husband on God. So if we are the people of Israel, God is our so called, really uh, metaphorically, husband. He's our God, he's our owner, he's our boss. And we go and take another boss instead so that is uh, Hashem says I hate that that is I'm jealous I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with you like a in, like an enraged husband you know crimes crimes of passion so the enraged husband Hashem says I'm I'm an enraged husband if you do idolatry if you guys worship idols I'm a jealous God so it's interesting so that is the, the problem the problem that starts the, this vicious cycle idolatry worshipped by the tribe of Dan in the Pesel Micha, which we're going to talk about at the end of the book of Judges. Two stories, the first is this Pesel Micha idolatry and number two is the second story which involves the tribe of Benjamin Binyamin, who on the whole was the terrific tribe and you can see how hundreds of years later under the period of Judges uh, they uh, on a slippery slope they went totally downhill Very similar. There's a link between the Book of Judges and this week's parasha. This is the story, Pelegish Pagiva. Very similar to the story of Saddam, where the uh, angels went to Saddam. This week's parasha, Bayera. And uh, they were attacked, or they wanted to be there. The people of Saddam wanted to attack them, wanted to molest them, wanted to have relations with them. A sick story. The word sodomy comes from of Saddam, this week's Parashavayera, and we find a similar story in the story in the book of Judges. At the end of the book of Judges, Pilagish with Giva, it didn't happen with a man, it happened with a woman at the Pelagish of Giva. We're going to talk about the end of the book of Judges. That's the link, really, to the story of Saddam and the Book of Judges. This week it's interesting how there's a linkage in this week's parashat to the book of Judges. Unfortunate, a tragic story. And there was no Abraham around to pray for them, to have to save them, and it led to a terrific civil war. That's how the book of Judges pretty much ends with this massive civil war. Eleven tribes against the tribe of Benjamin. That would be eleven tribes were incensed that Jews would stoop to this level, this sickening level of uh, adultery and murder and immorality, and that's how the book ends with these three. Three things idolatry, immorality, and murder. Terrible ending to the book of Judges, which is uh, its a good segue to go into the book of Samuel, who was a true judge who's, uh, who raised the Jewish people to a higher level. And then it segues right into the book of uh, King David and, and Saul. that they'd end the book of Samuel and right into the book of Kings. So we have a segue over there uh, telling us a tremendous moral decline of the Jewish people. In the period of the judges and uh, the moral decline was basically three things three cardinal sins terrible three cardinal sins idolatry adultery and immorality and murder three cardinal sins but again these were localized they were not general in fact we see that the other tribes made a war civil war on the tribe of benjamin they were so sickened by what they heard that they made a civil war to um, retain the moral fiber of the Jewish people. So interesting. So one tribe sin, the other tribe make a war to stop this sickening behavior. Nip it in the butt. So the four parts to this uh, vicious cycle in the book of Judges is they sin, idolatry usually, um, The enemies attack, Hashem sends enemies, they cry out to God, and Hashem sends a savior in the form of a judge to save them from the enemies. So those are the main facets. That's the cycle in the book of Judges. And the ending two stories are the book of, and the book is the story of uh, the, the, the Pesel Mika, which is the idolatry set up in the tribe of Dan, and also the political Giva, which is this terrible story of the sin of the tribe of Benjamin. It's actually only a group of people in, in a place called Giva in Benjamin, um, who reverted to immorality and murder, uh, sort of things that were done in Sodom. So that's the link between the Book of Judges and this week's parasha. Now it's interesting. Um, so we know that the book uh, starts off with the uh, division of the uh, of the Canaan, the inheritance and division of Canaan which unfortunately was not completed and led to a lot of problems. So they mixed in with the Canaanites. And uh, when the Canaanites uh, got strong, they had to fight or they had to run away. So usually we see that if they lived together with Canaanites, they were, they were uh, subjected to peer pressure, um, subjected to this idea of immersed in idolatry. They could see how the Canaanites behave. They learned from the behavior, the moral depravities, and if they were attacked, they had to run away. Usually they ran, ran to the high places, to the mountains of Israel, which, thank God, there's plenty of mountains to hide in. Okay. Um, later on, we find that the period of the Philistines. Later on, the Book of Judges wasn't just the Canaanites who were troubling them. It was the, the Philistines, who were basically five cities on the coast, the Mediterranean coast, the southern Mediterranean coast, where Gaza is today. Nothing has much changed. It's interesting how history repeats itself. Um, the Jewish people were afflicted with the Philistines. Today, we're afflicted by the Palestinians. The Philistines were in the Gaza coast, the Palestinians in the Gaza coast. Nothing much has changed. It's interesting, thousands of years later, we have a similar problem. Now, there is no relationship at all between today's uh, Philistines or Palestinians and the Philistines in those days. The Philistines in those days were basically wiped out by uh, this, uh, the Assyrians and finally by the Babylonians. The Babylonians in the 6th century BCE got rid of all the Philistines for us. One of the good things the Babylonians did, but they, they destroyed our temple, the first temple, but they also got rid of the Philistines. So at least when the Jews came back, there were no Philistines, but there were other enemies uh, to trouble us. Anyway, the Philistines were on the coast. There are five major cities. Let's try and go through. Let's see what I remember. Number one is Ekron, uh, Gat, Gaza, Ashdod, and Ashkelon. Imagine five cities on the coast. These are beautiful cities. Some of them are beautiful cities. Today we have Ashkelon, we have uh, Ashdod, and uh, Gaza is in Gaza, and probably the other three, the other two as well are also in Gaza. So Ashdod and Ashkelon are beautiful Israeli cities today. Thank God there's no Philistines there today. Thank God. Okay, so what well, started off with trouble with the Canaanite tribes eventually uh, the amalek the Amalekites joined in the Ammonites joined in, and uh, Midian joined in as well. so we had trouble with Midian Mosh Rabin had trouble with Midian with Bilam and Balak, uh, and then later on also the Jewish people have trouble with these neighbors, three major neighbors Ammon, Midian, and Amalek they come and join the Canaanites against the tribes, against different tribes. And then followed by the Kurdish team the Philistines attack us. And that's what Samson, shimshon was one of the Shoftimah in the time of the Philistines. And uh, so that's until the time of David and Merah. David and Merah major battles, Saul, King Saul and King David's major battles with the Philistines. And David and Meda sort of, uh, held them at bay and sort of kept them away for, for a period. He weakened them tremendously. I minute mean, mean, weakened the Philistines tremendously. Okay, so we mentioned the 13 judges in the Book of Judges. And the, the judges themselves can be split into two parts. They can be split into judges who were saviors, who saved us from our enemies. And they were great warriors as well. Uh, Otniel ben Kenaz number one, Ehud Ben-Gira, number two, Devorah, number three, Gideon, number four, Giradi, number five, and Shemshon Samson, number six. Six of these 13 judges were judges who actually fought wars, who led the Jews in battle, or fought individually, like Samson was a one-man army, he was a one-man warrior. He never had an army, never led Jews in army, He was a one-man warrior, amazing story of Samson. We all know this mighty warrior, this mighty man, wasn't even a warrior, wasn't trained in battle. He would fight with his fists basically with his hands. And uh, so these are great, not just regular judges. These were generals, warriors. And these are the ones who saved the Jewish people from the enemies uh, through force. And then you have the small judges. These are small judges. We don't find they fought wars. They don't find and saved us from our enemies. And these are judges which we don't have much about. them. We don't know much about them. Basically, they were uh, moral leaders. Uh, they were leaders in all the different other fields, but not generals. They didn't save us physically from the, from the enemies. Uh, number one is Torah and Puwa, we you know very little about, Yair, Number two. Number three, Ifsan, we said his Boaz, married Ruth root. Uh, number four is Elon Hazvuleni, you know very little about again. Number five is Obdan Ben Hillel who's uh, also a very minor judge, we don't know much about and then there are three judges who are not really, we don't know if they're called judges um, one of them we, I didn't even include in the list uh, so number one is Shamgar Ben Anats we have not much information about him we don't find he fought any wars. Uh, the Book of Judges is very non-specific when it comes to him, what he do exactly, what he achieved, but he's, he's included in the Book of Judges. Then we have Barak ben Avinoam, who I said was not a judge. He was the general of Devorah, the right-hand man of Devorah. Some people say the husband of Devorah. And we have Abimelech, son of Gidon, who was evil through and through. He's not really one of the judges. So there's a three included in list of judges who are either minor minor judges or not really judges at all. So it's interesting. So really there were 10 major judges. Out of them, five were the saviors of the Jewish people and five, we don't find fought wars, but they were leaders in a different sense. And there are three, which probably either minor minor judges or not judges at all, but they included in the book of judges because they were leaders on, to some degree, not shofti, but leaders to some degree. Okay, we are moving on. According to our tradition, the book of Judges was written by Samuel the Prophet. So Samuel the Prophet was also a judge. He was the last judge of Israel. He appointed the two first kings of Israel, uh, Saul King Saul and King David. And he wrote the book of Judges according to the Talmud, Baba Batra, which discusses the authorship of all the books of Tanakh. And... uh, one of the one of the themes that goes to the Book of Judges is, if Hashem is with us, why do this happen to us? Why are these enemies coming to invade us if Hashem is with us? And now, obviously, these Jews, they worshipped idols, and then they got attacked by their enemies. And then they say, listen, if God is with us, why are we being attacked? So they, instead of admitting, they caused it. They're blaming God. Like, where are you, God? So God says, you know, believe in me, I'll save you. If you don't believe me, of course I'm not going to be here. Interesting, there's a beautiful Rambam. The Rambam says that the more we think about God, the more God is with us. The more we think about Hashem, Hashem is with us. In other words, we can increase divine providence on us if we believe in Hashem. Whenever we think of Hashem, He's with us. Whenever we don't think about Hashem, He's not with us. So we increase God's Hashgacha, if you want divine providence on us the more we think about him. So there's two people sitting on the train. One guy is thinking about his mundane affairs. The other guy is thinking about Hashem. The guy who's thinking about Hashem, the person who's learning Torah, the person who's praying to God, that God is with them right at that time. So very important concept. Same thing applies in the macro. When the Jewish people are keeping God's laws and they're thinking about Hashem, Hashem is with them. And they're not keeping God's laws, especially if they worship idols or the other two cardinal sins, idolatry, immorality, murder, Hashem's presence is removed. And when Hashem's presence or Hashem's shield is removed, the enemies attack. And that's basically what happens in the Book of Judges many times over. Okay. So one of the things that the Book of Judges is leading to is the, the desire for a leader. A desire of a leader who can lead all the tribes who can unite, lead to be the moral leader of the jewish people as well and that was basically the king david solomon was the peak of the jewish commonwealth the peak of the jewish commonwealth was under king solomon for sure king david strengthened the jewish commonwealth united all the tribes under him and he fought our wars but the heyday was in the time of king solomon king solomon never fought a single war more about that later He never needed to fight a single war. Everyone around him wanted to make peace with him. They wanted to make treaties with him. And uh, they were scared of him in a certain sense. And they never fought a single war with him. So interesting. Solomon was the heyday. If we want to talk about the heyday of the Jewish commonwealth that was under King David, and eventually the heyday was under King Solomon, the greatest king we ever had, David and Solomon, two kings. And Solomon was by far in terms of he never had to fight a war in his life. Imagine had everything consolidated. He built the temple. He centered everything in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was like the most visited capital city in the world at that time by all the nations of the world. They were so interested to find out more about King Solomon that they all came to visit. Every single uh, leader at that time wanted to make a treaty with King Solomon and came to. Visit. they heard about his wisdom and they came to test him. And we have stories about, we're going to talk about more later. Okay. So the book of, judges really leads up it's it's, the book of judges shows a tremendous void of leadership and lack of unity among the tribes each one did what was right in their eyes there was no central authority no central leadership there was no moral leadership per se the high priest basically failed in that sense of just the mishkan the, the temple central temple a central high priest but you have to want to go there three times a year, which is the command of the Jews Hashem. And unfortunately, many Jews never went. Okay, many Jews never went. The one of the big exceptions the rabbis uh, point out was the husband of Hannah. The husband of Hannah, it says, would go every year to the Mishkan, the, to the and that's he was a leader in that sense, and he would lead all the Jewish people. His name was Elkanah. Elkanah. Would make a procession of Jews going to the Mishkan. He would hire a band and he would go through different towns and people would say, Where are you going? Elkanah, where are you going with the band and the music? He said, I'm going to the Mishkan. Come and join me. And they all started joining him. So he started this ritual of going to the Mishkan, but a lot of people never went to the Mishkan. They never, the high priest wouldn't come around. He should have come around more often, uh, give uh, talks in different uh, towns. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, till the time of Samuel. Samuel the prophet did go around from town to town. He was one of the best judges we ever had. Unfortunately, he had the last judge in the period of Judges. So he was the one who uh, brought the people together. And when he brought them all together, they demanded from him a king. Ironical. They demanded him from a king. And uh, that's the end of the period of Judges. Okay, let's go back a little bit into the period of Judges. So, uh, so we said the book of Judges written by Samuel the prophet. And the famous complaint was, is Hashem with us? Is Hashem with us or not? Why are all these troubles coming upon us? If Hashem is with us, why are all these troubles coming upon, it, upon us? And then we said the reason is because they turned to idolatry. And that's why the troubles are coming. So they couldn't blame themselves. They blamed God. And, uh, and the second issue is, do they need a king? And that's the, that's the ending of the book. Okay. So the book of Samuel the prophet writes the book of Judges, and he writes his own book. Samuel the prophet wrote his own book, Samuel, which is split into two parts. And obviously, the last few verses, which deal with his death, were written by someone else. And uh, and then we find uh, the biggest the biggest losers in the book of Judges were the tribe of Benjamin. No question, the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin who start off on a very good note, they were the leaders in terms of the warriors who fought for the land of Israel, to conquer the land of Israel. We find uh, that in the the story of Devorah, Devorah, the song of Devorah, which we're going to talk about, she praised them highly. She praises the tribe of Benjamin highly because they came when she asked uh, the tribes to volunteer to fight the enemies, they came, the tribe of Benjamin came. However, in, in, in the conquering of Jerusalem, which was mainly in the, in the tribe of the, of Benjamin, they failed to conquer Jerusalem until King David came along many years later, hundreds of years later, and conquered Yushalayim. Binyamin failed to conquer Yushalayim despite the fact that they were great warriors. And the last thing that lost everything is the Pelegish where we said the story that comes at the end of the Book of Judges is the story, the tragic story of... Um, Moral depravity of the tribe of Benjamin in a place called Giva. And we said all the other tribes, the eleven other tribes came to do war, make war on Benjamin. And Benjamin fought so valiantly, they fought and they won twice. They beat the Jewish people at tremendous cost of life. And so the third time, the Jewish people asked Hashem whether they should fight Benjamin or not, which is something they failed to do the first two times, which is why they lost. And the third time she says, yes, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give them into your hands. And there was a tremendous massacre of the tribe of Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin was nearly wiped out. It was nearly wiped out. They passed the law. The other tribes passed the law. But no one from the other tribes was allowed to marry into the tribe of Benjamin. So the tribe of Benjamin dwindled to a couple of hundred people. Until uh, on Tu that's the that's where the greatness of Tu Be'Av. Tube'av, they passed the law saying that you're allowed to give your daughters to the tribe Benjamin. And this way, all the tribes were united again. So that's why Tube'av became one of the reasons for Tube'av being a happy day, is because the tribe of Benjamin was allowed to re enter the camp of Israel by marrying it to the daughters of Israel. So, anyway, so that leads us to the story of King Saul. King Saul was a descendant of Benjamin. So, the first king of Israel was from the tribe Benjamin. So, from the, the depths of being slaughtered and nearly vanishing, The king, the first king of Israel was chosen from their ranks. Interesting. Um, So obviously they they did change. The tribe of Benjamin changed from being the worst tribe to being, again, going back up the ladder of spirituality. And the first king of Israel was chosen from the ranks of Benjamin. Interesting. Okay, so that's, I think, one of the biggest losers in the book of Shoftim was this tribe of Benjamin. The second biggest loser was the tribe of Dan. As we said, they were spiritually... They brought this big idol and they worshiped the idol, Dan. And uh, that, that's a spiritual loser. They were spiritual losers. So it's interesting that the two biggest, two tribes, big losers, uh, Benjamin and Dan, one because of moral depravity, murder, and immorality, and the other one because of idolatry. So, two big losers for these two tribes. Okay, so I just want to go through the chronology of this book before we go into many details. So it tells us, the book tells us about the order of the judges and how long they were judges for, how long they were judges for, how long they had peace. And by adding up all these years, you can get to the amount of years there was in the book of Judges. So let's go through very, very quickly the amount of years for each judge. So... The first, it starts off with the shibud. It starts off with the attack of the enemies. Enemies attacked. This is after Joshua. Enemies attacked. The name of the enemy was Kushan Rishatayim. They're just thinking Rasha is an evil person. Rishatayim is a double Rasha. His name was Shushan Rishatayim, probably a nickname that was gave this conqueror. Eight years, they were under his thumb until Otmiel Ben-Kanaz, the first judge, came. I think Hashem heard their price. Again, I said uh, before, it's a four-part cycle. Of uh, Number one is they sin. Hashem sends this, uh, this guy, Kusham He afflicts them for eight years. They cry out to God. God sends this judge, Agniel Ben-Kanaz. Forty years, he was judge. And there were no troubles in his time. Forty years. Uh, Eighteen years, they were partially conquered by Eglon, the king of Moab and Ammon and Moab, and Amalek. So three tribes, Eglon, Melech Moab, king of Moab, who was the father of Ruth, which we're going to talk about. Eglon, this evil person, who was the father of Ruth. The king of Moab afflicted the Jews. He was joined by the two tribes, Ammon, and also by Amalek, our tremendous enemies, Amalek. And for 18 years, they were afflicted. The Jews were afflicted. And what happened was, Ehud, ben Gera. The judge came along and got rid of Eglon. And for 80 years, there was peace in Israel because of that. 80 years followed by 80 years of peace. Then we have the judge, Shamgar ben Anath. We don't know much about. There's not even an amount of years given for him. And there were 20 years where Yavin Melech Hatzor, who was a Canaanite king, who had a general called Sisera. Sisera, the general, is much more famous than the king Yavin. Who afflicted the Jewish people for 20 years? They were under his thumb, and said he had hundreds of chariots made of iron. And he would, con- he would conquer play- places in Israel until the prophetess Devora comes along and with her general Barak ben Avinoam, which we're going to go into more detail, just an outline, she comes and she uh, attacks Sisera. He runs away into the tent of Yael, who Yael eventually kills him with a tent paper. Not very, not very uh, nice ending for him, but a good ending for us because we have forty years of peace after that. Forty years of peace and tranquility. Then we have uh, Midian, who attacks us, and so sub- we become subservient to Midian for seven years. And Hashem sends the judge Gidon. Gidon, by the way, Gidon was uh, one of the. There was a British uh, captain who trained the Israeli forces. Big subject, His name was Ord Wingate. And there's actually a village called Wingate, named after him in Israel. Ord Wingate, who happened to be, I think he was a cousin of Lawrence of Arabia. So his cousin was helping the (laughs) Arabs. And Ord Wingate was helping the Jews. set up Special units of the Haganah. And these units were modeled after Girom. Interesting. Girom was the first freedom fighter, in a sense, who would attack uh, with surprise and speed. So he modeled this special unit of Agana to learn how to attack with speed and surprise. The two elements, speed and surprise. It's interesting, he learned from the the judge Gidon who attacked Midian, a tremendous force of thousands of thousands of warriors with a force of 300 men. Obviously, Hashem says, go attack. He had Hashem's blessing, 300 against 10,000. What are the odds? And Gidon won 300 against 10,000 and Old Winget modeled his tactics after the tactics of Gidon, surprise, speed, and shock, shock troops, uh, very fast, very quick, in and out at night. Okay, so that's Gidon, 40 years of peace. Abi Melech was the son of Gidon, going for three years, and Baruch Hashem got rid of him. Now we're going to talk about him, he's an evil character. It just shows that, Even having righteous parents cannot help sometimes the children go astray. We've got to find the story of Isaac, Uh, Abraham, Ishmael goes astray, Isaac, Isaac, his son Esau goes astray, and Gidon, his son Abimelech, terrible, kills the other brothers, terrible story, Abimelech. Followed by Torah, Ben-Puah, we have 23 years. Ya'ir HaGeladi is 22 years. Then we find the Philistines come into play and start attacking us. For 18 years, the Philistines and the Ammonites, 18 years. And then we have six years under the judge Yiftach, seven years under Ibsan, who he served as Boaz, 10 years under Elon, eight years under Abdon ben Hillel, and 40 years under the Pelishtim again. And we're saved by Samson. Shemshon is the last judge of the book of Judges, saves us from the Pelishtim. So according to this amount, these these chronological amounts mentioned in the book of Judges, we have a period of 390 years. If you count all these years up, you get a period of 390 years, plus the time of the judge Shamgar ben Anat. We don't have a time period. So it's around 400 years, the period of Judges. And you count the years of Joshua, and you count the years of Samuel, and you get the true picture that the kings came into play about 450 years after the Jews entered Israel around approximately 450 years after Jews entered Israel, the judges, until the period of kings. So 450 years. Okay, the majority of the book is in beautiful prose, and it's a very lively book. It's it's, uh, written in a very lively way. And basically we said there's, there's four different sequence of events. Number one is the Jews' sin either by idolatry or other things. Number two is they get afflicted by the enemies. Hashem sends them enemies to attack. Number three is they cry out to God. And number four is Hashem sends a redeemer. And we find this many times. over. I just want to go through two quick examples. In chapter four of the book of Judges, it says, The Jewish people did evil in the eyes of God. Hashem. And the, the judge Ehud, who was a lefty, he said, died. He's, he's going to save us from uh, the king of Moab. Probably they worshiped other gods. And straight away, And Hashem sold them into the hands of Yavin, the king of Canaan, and his general was Sisera. So that's the second part of the cycle. Then we have, they cry out to God. They cry out to God. Because this uh, Yavin had 900 metal chariots, iron chariots, which he used against the Jews. And he afflicted the Jews for 20 years. They cried out to God. And Hashem sends this woman, the prophetess Deborah, Eshetapidot. And she was the judge of Israel that time. And the salvation came through her and her general barak. So that's the four parts. We see this cycle, which goes right through this book. In chapter six, again, we see, the Jews do evil in the eyes of God, and Hashem gives them to the hands of Midian for seven years. So straight away, they get punished. And then what happens is they cry out to God. They cry out to God. And what happens is, I am the Lord your God together took the stride. I am the Lord your God together took you out the slavery. And I will send you a savior. So those are the, that's the four parts of this cycle, which goes right through the book of of, uh, of uh, Judges. Okay. And we see in the book of Judges, the slippery slope. The fact that they had no leadership, they had no central leadership, no good leadership led them to number one is they were deficient when it came to conquering Canaan. They have Canaanites as neighbors, the peer pressure, the influence, and the Jews start worshiping idols. Uh, the moral fiber of the Jewish people is being attacked from within, from assimilation, and uh, they start sinning. And that vicious cycle, sinning, crying out to God says the savior and the savior. Okay, so we have this cycle in the book of Judges. I just want to go through a few of the t- first judges. The first one was Otniel ben Kenaz. Now, Otniel ben Kenaz is already mentioned in the book of uh, Shoftin, and uh, in the book of, uh, uh, in chapter three. And Otniel ben Kenaz, we said, was the brother of Caleb ben Ephane. We know Caleb ben Ephane was one of the 12 spies who spied the land of Israel. The Torah tells us he went to Hebron. And Rashi says over there, went to pray by the graves of Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Sarah, Karach, HaVene'ah, by, uh, by prayer of the graves of the forefathers and mothers to save, Hashem should save him, that should save him from the sin of the spies. And in fact, he was saved from the sin of the spies. And his reward was, Joshua gave him the city of Hebron. He was from the tribe of Judah. Hebron eventually becomes the capital city of Judah. People don't realize that. Hebron was the capital city of Judah for ten for seven years under King David. The first seven years of King David, it says he reigned as king of Judah until thirty three years he reigned with all the tribes together. He managed to unite all the tribes, and they chose him as king. And eventually, he conquers Jerusalem and he moves the capital city of Israel to Jerusalem. So Hebron was under given to Caleb and Ifune, and Caleb uh, ann- announces he's the leader of the tribe of. Judah and he announces, "Whoever will conquer the city of Kiryat Yarim, I will give him that city." And who conquers it? His half brother Otneil Ben Kenaz. That's the first time we heard about Othniel Ben Kenaz. Obviously, he was a very mighty warrior. And um, and today we find the, the city of Kiryat Sefer was uh, is re- rebuilt. Baruch Hashem, and it's. A, it's a, Pretty large city now, Baruch Hashem. So Kirat Sefer was originally conquered by Otni al Ben-Kanaz. That's explicit in the Book of Judges. So the other says, saved us from the hands of a mighty enemy who was Kushan Rishatayim, the king of Aram Naharayim. Kushan Hush- Nahara- uh, Rishatayim was the king of Aram, which is Syria. He came to attack us, and Otni al Ben-Kanaz saved us after the death of Yoshua Ben-Nun. After the death of Joshua, and uh, the Jews were wishing idols. This king of Aram of uh, Syria comes and attacks for, for eight years. And after that, the Jews cry out to God, and God sends them this guy, Patniel, who tells them to go back to the ways of God. And he went out in a war and he beat this Kushan and Um, And the land was quiet for 40 years 40 years of peace. This is very similar to Jewish history. In Israel now, I I wish we had 40 years between our wars. Israel Hashem will have 40 years or more, hundreds of years between our wars. We don't have to fight, we be in peace. Um, But imagine Israel under the judges was very similar situation to Israel today. The the big difference is we are united today. Today, all the Jews in Israel united, central government, central army. In those days, the judges, every tribe was for themselves. Um, They had their own armies, uh, if they had armies at all. If they were organized at all, there was no one really to, to uh, lead them. There was no one to organize them until these judges came about. And the judges came about as a result of the troubles. They didn't, they weren't there in the first place. Okay, so after 40 years of peace, Eglon, the king of Moab, attacks them with the help of Bnei Amon and Amalek. And uh, so al Ben-Kanaz was one of the great leaders of Israel and after the death of Moshe, Otniel Ben-Kanaas was not just a physical leader, a general, a fighter. He was also a spiritual leader. It says, after Moshe Rabbeinu died, thousands of laws were forgotten by Joshua. Thousands of laws were forgotten by Joshua. The Gemara says in Timura, uh, page uh, 16a, that Otniel ben brought back thousands of laws. He brought back thousands of laws which were forgotten by Joshua. Because don't forget, the Torah comprised of two parts, the written law and the oral law. And the oral law at that time was totally oral. Nothing was written down till um Yudha Nasi, who was about a 1,000 years later. So more than 1,200 years later. So Yehudah Nasi wrote down even more, maybe, maybe 1,300 years later. So Yehudah Nasi wrote down the oral law. There was no oral law. The oral law was verbal totally. It wasn't written down. And that's why thousands of laws were lost by Joshua. And uh, Othniel ben Knaz was a great scholar as well, revived those laws. He got back those laws. The Talmud calls him Yabetz. It calls him by his name Yabetz, which is also mentioned in Divrei Haiyanin, in the book of Chronicles of the Kings. Uh, the, the grave of, of uh, Othniel ben kanaz interesting, it's in Hebron. Othniel ben Knaz, we said, was a brother of the, the leader of the tribe of Judah, who was Khaled ben Iphune, half brother, and he was buried. In the town of his half brother, so Hebron was the town of his half brother. He's buried in Hebron, next to what's called Kikar Hashoter, and uh, he's in a cave where there are ten shelves in the rock. So there must be at least ten people buried in that cave. He's one of them, according to our tradition. Now, unfortunately, this uh, area is in uh, is under the Palestinian rule, and only Jews can only go there a few days of the year under uh, uh, army uh, control uh, those days are usually Cholam and two uh to, uh Pesach uh, um, and Tisha uh, imagine and you can go visit the grave of, of the great of the elder okay then after that comes Ehud Ben Gera one of my favorite uh, judges and uh, he was under Eglon Melech Moab afflicted us Eglon, we said, was the father of Ruth, the Moabites, uh, who converted and married Boaz, if son, the judge. So anyway, what, what merit did Eglon have that gave him the merit, that Ruth? His daughter would become Jewish, and from her comes the messianic line of David. David is a grand, great-grandson. Her great-grandson was King David. Four generations later, King David was born from her grandson, Ishai, Jesse. So interesting, what gave him that merit? And We find a beautiful story over here. It's beautiful, uh, not really for him, but it's, it's how he got the merit. He was a descendant of Balak, the uh, king of Moab. The Gubanath says, why did Balak, king Moab, have the merit? The root is going to be descended from him and the messianic line is going to be descended from him. By the way, we have to go even further back in history. Balak, the king of Moab, was a descendant of Lot, which is this week's parasha, Lot this week to Lot had two sons. One was Moab from the oldest sister and uh, Amon We're from the younger sister. So Moab from Lot and uh, Lot's great, 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 great grandson, Balak, built seven altars for Bilam to curse the Jewish people. But he built seven altars and offered sacrifices to God so he built altars to curse the Jewish people, but he brought sacrifices to God. So he didn't a uh, mitzvah for the wrong reasons, for an avirat, for the sake of the purpose of a sin. But since he did a mitzvah, he did bring sacrifices to God. Imagine a person does the right thing for the wrong reasons, still gets credit. And Balak's credit was a spiritual credit that his great, great, great granddaughter, Ruth, uh, marries into Boaz's family, And her grandson is David, who is the foundation of the Messianic line. Amazing story that doesn't matter who you are, if you do something good, you're going to be rewarded. Hashem is going to reward how bad the person is, but he does certain good acts. going to be rewarded, no question about it. It's going to be rewarded in God's world. Everyone gets rewarded. They get punished, they get rewarded. It's one of the 13 principles of faith we believe in the principle that Hashem rewards and punishes. We see this clearly in the story of Balak, and we see it clearly in the story of Eglon, who is his grandson, who has roots. They both share the lineage of roots. And so does Lot, In this week's parasha, again, we have a second link to the book of Judges. Um, this week's parasha, Vayera, number one, is through Pelagish Begivar, which is similar to the story of Saddam. And we have the the, uh, the judge, Ehud Ben-Gera, who is i uh, going to get rid of uh, Eglon Melech Moab, who was a direct descendant of Lot. This was Prasha, direct descendant of Lot from his daughter, his oldest daughter. Okay, we're going to stop here because we have much more to talk about. Next week, we're going to complete the story of Ehud ben Gerah and Eglon, the king of Moab, and why was he worthy to have a daughter called Ruth. Why was Eglon worthy? And then we find over there a very interesting story, which has ramifications in Jewish law. I'll give you a clue. It's the reason why Ashkenazim stand up when they say Baruch Why do Ashkenazim stand up when they say Baruch And the story is in the book of Shoftim, in the story of Eglon and Ehud Ben-Gera. Okay, we we'll stop here and thank you everyone for attending. And if you can tell your friends next year, next week I want to double, try and double our attendance. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.